0: Hello, welcome to my two cents podcast. This is the WrestleMania backlash uh, review of the pay-per-view that just happened last night or as WWE would now call it the premium live event. Uh, I am your host G2 and let me say this right now. The premium live event had six matches on it. I did not think about this pay-per-view as much. I knew it was going to be at least a good pay-per-view besides people basically trying to crap on it at the beginning of the Everything because people were basically saying this one was not as hyped up as all the other pay-per-views that were happening before. This one still gave you what you needed. Believe me, if you happen to see this pay-per-view or you did see it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if not, have no fear. I'm here to review it for you. And the first match of WrestleMania Backlash was Cody Rose going to get Seth Rollins, and this was their second matchup. The first matchup was at WrestleMania, where Cody was the special... Uh, He was a special opponent for Seth Rollins. Rollins didn't know nothing about it, and he beat Rollins then at WrestleMania, and Rollins went on a whole campaign saying that he did not know who he was going to go against, so this time, the whole story for this match was that Rollins was able to prepare for Cody, and this time, he was actually able to uh, counter some of Cody's moves and actually get the better of Cody, but... He did not get the better of Cody in the end because Cody would win the match by pinfall when Seth had Cody in the Okada roll and held on to Cody's tights. But Cody was able to turn that pin maneuver over. And now he got Rollins in the Okada roll and he holds Rollins tights. And Cody was able to hold on to him for to three count and get the win. This was a great matchup to start the show. Personally, I thought if they were going to do it right, I thought they were going to have AJ versus Edge to start it off. But I was not complaining with Rollins versus Cody. I thought Rollins was going to come out here with uh, different attire, but he came out with the same attire that he wore at WrestleMania, and I said, okay, and I thought maybe Cody's going to, but nope, Cody came out with black uh, trunks, still with his uh, Cody updated gear that he's been wearing since uh, AEW time status, but Cody won, and they had a great back and forth. At the beginning of the matchup, you saw Cody tried to do certain moves, but then you saw Seth able to counter them and you see Cody start getting flustered and you see Seth mock Cody. So this was kind of giving credence to what Seth was basically complaining about for the past weeks that how if he knew who his opponent would be, he at least would have be able to counter and get a better hold and more than likely win the matchup. So that gave credence to what Seth was talking about at the beginning stages of the matchup. But as the match continued to go, you saw Cody was able to connect with moves. You saw the confidence gaining Cody. You saw Seth start ditching the plan of trying to counter maneuvers, but just start to go off of uh, pure anger and vengeance. So you saw these two just start trading shots back and forth with each other. And again, ultimately, Cody would win the matchup. I still put their WrestleMania matchup above this one, but this one isn't like, oh, my God, is that bad? No. WrestleMania matchup was just too good. I'm just going to be blown with you. It was extremely too good. You had the uh, presence of Cody being back in WWE. You had Cody mixing with Seth Rollins, and you had the atmosphere of WrestleMania with the crowds completely just eating up Cody's whole presentation, his whole look, I mean, the whole deal with Cody being back in WWE, that puts that match at WrestleMania over this match of having a WrestleMania backlash, and also the match itself. The match itself at WrestleMania was a great match. Not discrediting this WrestleMania backlash match, I'm just saying that if you put both of those matches side by side, you you will still pick the WrestleMania matchup, because Cody and Seth were just able to go out there and just do whatever they wanted to do within reason, And that's what happened. This one, they had a story to tell. They had to go along the lines of proving Seth's point. And then Cody has to outmaneuver Seth majority at the end of the match. So, again, I'm still putting the WrestleMania match above this one. But this one isn't too shabby. Not at all. As a matter of fact, to me personally, this is probably 1A or 1B for match of the night. Because the beginning match and the ending uh, match for the pay-per-views. You can interchange both of those, and you can get Match of the Night for either the Cody versus Seth or the six-man tag. But I'll get to the six-man tag later. And it seems to me that we're just going down the line of Seth Rollins' uh, descent into madness because Seth Rollins is a man that likes to hold grudges, ladies and gentlemen. And the next pay-per-view was advertised. It's going to be Hell in a Cell. It's going to be on June 5th. And I have a feeling that Cody's going to be going against Seth inside the Hell in a Cell because Seth already made it clear to Cody that I'm not going to allow you to be world champion as long as I'm around. So, Cody is already looking on to better things and moving past Seth. Seth's not going to allow that. Seth has to get the one up, so I see them moving their feud, this thing that they have, into the Hell in the Cell structure, and I'm not mad at it. Usually, we in the wrestling community, people would complain about we saw the matchup already. This is not going to be the third time when people are like, oh my God, can't they think of something else? This one I'm not mad at because Cody has expressed that he does like violence and he was on the uh, Steve Austin podcast and he talked about how he likes violence. And he kind of divulged a little bit about the AEW stuff. He likes the bleeding and all that type of stuff. So Hell in the Cell has been missing blood for a long time. And Cody being the quote unquote WWE guy that went outside of the building, outside of the castle, if you will, and created a new castle, created a new empire, created a new wrestling organization that allowed people to bleed, and Cody bled a lot over there in AEW, and he comes back to WWE, he has his pyro, he has his music, there are a couple things that Cody, I promise you, probably talked into his WWE contract that he probably can do that Vince will more than likely Definitely say no to, but Cody probably got it because Vince wants Cody on the team. So I can see Cody going against Seth inside the Hell in the Cell match, and I can see Cody and Seth kind of getting a little bit of leeway to bleed inside the Hell in the Cell since WWE doesn't typically allow bleeding in their matches. I can see that happening, but we'll have to see what happens on Raw well, basically tonight, we'll have to see if they're going to build into it, or we're just not going to have that match at all, hell in the cell. But if it's my, if I had to put money on it, I would say Seth and Cody is going inside hell in the cell. But again, Cody versus Seth, great match for WrestleMania Backlash. The match to follow this was Bobby Lashley versus Omos with MVP in this corner. I would say this is almost the exact same formula that you have for their WrestleMania matchup at WrestleMania. Bobby Lashley versus Omos, but the only thing that was different is you add MVP into this. Omos was the big giant that Lashley had to figure out a way to chop him down, and he did, but unlike WrestleMania where Bobby got the win, Omos would get the win this time, but he would get it help from MVP to get the win. Once Omos threw Lashley's shoulder into the turnbuckle post, and Omas was about to go grab Lashley, you saw the referee pull Omas away and try to get Lashley some breathing room so he can catch his breath, you would see MVP grab his cane and, like, jab Lashley in the throat. They say it on commentary that he was in the that MVP, like, poked Lashley nigh, but if you see it, he looked like he got him in the throat either way. Omos would then grab Lashley and hit him with the double-handed uh, choke slam, then pin him for the win. Again, WrestleMania matchup. You just copy and paste it, you fix a little bit of stuff, and you added MVP into this match. That's basically what you had. Not a bad thing. Bobby Lashley has to work with Omos. Omos is a big, tall guy. He's seven foot something. And again, I want people to understand, if you are a legit seven foot something and you're not the Big Show wise, you need to figure out a way. You need to lower your expectation. I'm just going to put it like that. Big Show was able to work with smaller guys and even guys like Randy Orton size or John Cena size or. Uh, a edge sides or even Undertaker, he was able to work with them because Big Show had time to get himself together. He had WCW and he had his time in WWE to fix himself up and get himself as the right, like, giant and get himself, uh, his ring style patented to him. omar still has to develop that time. If we're going to be honest, he's only been in ring competition literally for a whole year and about a month because his in-ring debut, was at WrestleMania last year with him and AJ going against the New Day, and AJ was majority doing the work, and Omos had to just play like second fiddle as being the big man, but with that tag team being disintegrated, Omos has had to do things by himself, and he's been having these enhancement matches. Enhancement matches are, for anybody that doesn't know, is whenever a main roster guy or a contracted guy for a company goes against a local guy, or an independent wrestler that they just hire for the night. And the contracted guy, the guy that works for the major company, beats them in quick fashion and just dominates. That's what an enhancement match is. And Omos was only able to beat up on enhancement talent until he got thrown into uh, big waters with Bobby Lashley. And that's happened at WrestleMania. So this match, again, was copy and paste, but this time you had MVP in it. So I don't know what people expected out of it. It was a good match for Omas. Still, I'm not gonna put like a lot of pressure on Omas, because again, he got to patent his style. He has to get his style right. It's only he's only been wrestling legitimately for a year and a couple, like a year and a month now. I'm not gonna give him a lot of pressure. Omas and Lashley did have a good match on Omas standards, but he still needs some time to. Marinate and get his ring style patented to himself before people can start saying, "Oh my God, boo that matchup." No, this was no booing. Bobby Lashley worked around Omos and get what he could get out of Omos, and that was good. So I put that on you. When you watch the match between Bobby Lashley and Omos, you're gonna see Bobby try to chop Omos down by the legs due to David versus Goliath deal. Smaller man chopping down bigger guy, trying to break him down, and the big guy constantly try to beat up on the smaller guy. That's exactly what this match was. So, please be aware of what you're getting into when you see Bobby Lashley versus Omos, the matchup at WrestleMania Backlash. Still good, but you got to curve it on the big man uh abilities in the ring. After this, you will get AJ Styles versus Edge and the stipulation for this match was that Damian Priest was banned from ringside. Edge would win the match by submission, thanks from a little help from Priest and a mystery figure. um, AJ was on the top turnbuckle. AJ looked at the aisleway, and you see Damian Priest standing there. Now, the commentary team does point out that Priest was supposedly supposed to be banned from ringside, but they did point out how he was not at ringside. He was at the entry ramp. So, technically, he was not bending the rules. He still stayed within the rules uh, parameter. So, you see AJ try to tell the referee to get Priest out of here, but then you see Finn Balor run behind Priest and attack him from behind. Then you see Finn and Priest start fighting on the outside of the ring. They get into the inside of the ring, fight quickly on the inside of the ring, then dip to the back to the outside of the ring, They fight uh, out of the camera's perimeters. And then you see the referee constantly looking at Finn and Priest fighting And AJ is still on the top rope, as I'm saying this, well, top turnbuckle. And AJ stands there, and then you see a mystery figure in a black hood jump on the ring apron, grab AJ's arm, and then have uh, AJ's body drop on the top rope. So then you see Edge grabbing AJ and applying the crossface. Now, as Edge is having the crossface on AJ, AJ will try to reach for the ropes, and you see Edge now try to put his arm underneath AJ's throat and just really apply more pressure, and you start seeing Edge move the hair out of AJ's face so that he can get the good camera shot of AJ basically fading in the submission lock, and AJ fades, and the referee sees this, and he calls for the bell. So once the referee calls for the bell... You see Edge let go of the hold. He's catching his breath. You see the mysterious figure get in the ring. Take a knee in front of Edge. And Edge gets up. He tells the mysterious figure to rise up. And you see the figure just stand there for a second. And unmask themselves. And you see that the mysterious figure is Rhea Ripley. And Rhea has dyed her hair black. So Rhea Ripley has now aligned herself with Edge. And Damian Priest in this whole Judgment Day group, so now we have Edge, Priest, and Ripley, it was kind of reported that Rhea would be with Edge and Priest for the past, what, two weeks, they've been speculating that, and I kind of knew that Rhea Ripley was going to be with Edge, it always made sense, but Again, I went with my heart on this match. I thought Styles was going to win. I thought we were going to get Styles beating Edge, and then you get the one more matchup at Hell in a Cell like WWE likes to do. And again, I'm not complaining about it because Edge and AJ, they are working themselves out. They're working their uh, in-ring stuff together. They haven't perfected it yet, but they're still coming closer and closer because this match, to me, was better than their WrestleMania matchup. And they're still working the kinks out between their stuff the wrestlemania match was slow but it was a good match while this one at least picked up the pace and it was able to make you understand that okay we have the caveat of damian priest not being here and how the commentary team is also focusing that aj could have won if priest did not interfere so we're working all these things into this matchup and also you get the in-ring work of Edge and AJ. At one point, you see uh, Edge take the ex- like second turnbuckle padding off, and he tries to throw AJ into the uh, turnbuckle post, but he ends up hitting the turnbuckle post himself. You see AJ hit a uh, Styles Clash. Edge grabs the bottom rope. Uh, I mean, this match was way more... It wasn't as quick, but it was a better pacing matchup than their match at Mania. Again, they gotta fix their uh they gotta fix their chemistry to get, but it is getting better and better. I do feel we are gonna get a match at Hell in a Cell. I think we're probably gonna get Edge and Priest and probably Rhea going against AJ, Finn, and Liv Morgan at Hell in a Cell next month at their premium live event and that's where AJ will probably get his win there I'm seeing that but again I don't know because again this is WWE they'll probably do a mixed tag match of AJ and Liv going against Priest and Rhea Ripley or some of that magnitude or Angela Rhea going against AJ and Liv something of that magnitude but I would like to see a mixed tag six-man matchup well six person matchup at Hell in a Cell but we'll have to see whenever uh that rolls around after this, SmackDown Women's Championship matchup in an I Quit match. Charlotte Flair went against Ronda Rousey. Ronda would make Charlotte say the words, I quit. When Charlotte got too confident and as Charlotte would set up a steel chair and she tells the referee to come here and hold the mic, Ronda would be laying down the mat and she's looking at Charlotte as Charlotte would tell Ronda this is her last chance to say I quit And you see Charlotte mock Rhonda and tell her happy Mother's Day. So you will see Rhonda like flip a switch and like grab Charlotte's arms real quick, slide it into the open chair at this moment and then lock in the arm bar. So as Rhonda has his arm bar on, you got to remember that the chair is still on Charlotte's arm. So Rhonda is moving Charlotte's arm into a position that she could possibly break her arm inside this chair. Charlotte's yelling back and forth. Rhonda tells the referee to ask Charlotte if she quits. Charlotte says no. And Rhonda says, that's what I hope you would say. And then she fixes Charlotte's arm to a degree and just starts yanking on it and applying a lot of pressure on it. You hear Charlotte hit a big wailing scream. And then she starts yelling out, I quit. I quit. And Rhonda is now your new SmackDown Women's Champion. This match was more brutal than I thought it was going to. At least... Um, I say it like this. The beginning matchup, I thought, okay, they're not gonna work weapons in. I mean, they started, like, doing, like, regular stuff. They big boot, try to get the armbar in, maneuver out in this net. Then you see Charlotte go for a kendo stick. Rhonda grabs it. Charlotte starts running away. She goes behind, uh, the entrance stage and grabs two kendo sticks. And then you see Charlotte and Rhonda trade. Uh, shots with sticks, Charlotte would, uh, make Ronda drop one of her kendo sticks, and then you see Charlotte try to hit Rhonda with both of the sticks at the same time, Rhonda would catch it, grab both of the sticks, and start wailing on Charlotte's body with the kendo sticks, eventually breaking one of the kendo sticks, and then they fight to, uh, outside of the, uh, barricade into the crowd now, they walk into the crowd, beating up on each other, Charlotte eventually throws Rhonda's body into one of the, uh, arena's uh hockey posts like where the hockey players would be ramming each other in but not the plexiglass the actual uh post right there and Rhonda's now hurt charlotte tells the referee to ask her Rhonda says no and then we get a reminiscent move that happened of 2016 in a match of charlotte and sasha banks in i believe charlotte north carolina where sasha had charlotte in the bank statement, but inside like those little uh, walkways that you would do right down the entrance, not the entrance, but down the uh, walkway on the steps, those concrete steps that you hold on to for if you're older, you try to walk up or walk down. You saw Charlotte puts Rhonda's body in between one of those things and like just yank on her neck to like bend Rhonda's back and Rhonda's yelling and still saying no. And then you get those two going from the outside of the barricade back to the ringside area they still fight there charlotte's still putting a beat down on ronda using steel chairs and everything ronda gets her win back and start beating up on charlotte i mean this was real physically demanding of both ladies they came out with some welts both of them had some welts on their body and i didn't like expected that much because again wwe they play safe with their women wrestlers i gotta be blunt with it They get safe. AEW, they allow the women's wrestlers to bleed. They allow them to get physical. I mean, big physical. So I did not know what to expect truly out of this I Quit match. And this I Quit match actually lived up to the I Quit standards to me. They just didn't bleed. So I understand that one. But these two ladies got extremely physical. And I'm not mad about it. If you see how they did what they did, you will understand. Like, okay, they use certain weapons which made sense in the way that they did it. It all made sense to the story that they were telling It's all about making each other quit. And they had both had too much bravado, but Rhonda was actually able to make Charlotte say, I quit. So Charlotte's reign of SmackDown women's champion ends. And I don't know what we do now. They did kind of report that Charlotte kind of had uh, a broken arm. Uh, Pat McAfee had to break it down to people because they used a the medical tor- term and Pat had to break it down saying that she broke her arm. So WWE writing, Charlotte broke her arm. She's probably going to be off television for some time, probably uh, getting some heal up or doing something. I don't know if she's doing something on television. I don't know if she's just using this as vacation time. I don't know. But we're not going to see Charlotte on SmackDown, at least for a good couple weeks, in my best opinion. Or if they're going to have her out for a couple months, I don't know what she's going to be doing, but we're not going to see Charlotte. That's the That's just the main thing here. We're not going to see Charlotte. And Ronda is your new SmackDown Women's Champion. After this matchup, it was time for a let-up matchup, and it was Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss. Again, for people that don't know what that let-up match is, is after you saw something that takes your breath away, it's time for the fans to start catching their breath, and this is that match that you fans don't have to get too excited about. It's just a match that's just there for you to catch your breath, and it was Happy Corbin going against Madcap Moss. Madcap would win the match by pinfall when Corbin was trying to hit his signature uh, clothesline maneuver for the second time in the matchup. The first time he did it, he connected. The second time, not so much. Moss would duck the clothesline, run off the ropes, and hit Corbin with a sunset flip for the win. Nothing really too spectacular out of this matchup. Again, this was a let-me-up match. This was one of those to catch your win as a fan. after you just saw something brutal happen, and that's all it was. Corbin and Moss played their part Well, moss won it again you split these two guys up you needed moss to get a win on corbin to establish that moss is going to be one of those guys you at least want to develop a future for that's exactly what you did here so kudos to WWE to do that now it's time for the main event matchup six-man tag match rk bro and drew mcintyre going against the bloodline the smackdown tag team champions the Usos, and the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. Again, this match was a big old jam-packed chaotic matchup. If I'm going to be honest with you, if you ever went to a live event where the main events are usually like either a one-on-one or a six-man matchups, if you have seen those six-man matchups, they get chaotic and they get fun at the end of the match. And that's what happened here. The beginning was the match, was fun. The middle of the match was your standard six-man tag. And then the end of the match was completely chaotic. At the beginning, you saw the fans chant for Randy to start the match. Randy starts it. He starts with, uh, I believe, Jimmy. Uso, yeah, Jimmy. Because Jimmy took a lot of the beating at the first of it. And then Jimmy tags. Well, he wanted to tag in Roman. Roman gets tagged in. The fans are cheering for it. Roman's in the ring now. And Drew's in the ring now. But Roman tags himself quickly out and allows Jay to get in the ring. Drew mouths off to Roman. He beats up on Jay. Now it's time for the typical six-man tag matchup here. You get both teams doing their thing. Roman gets eventually gets tagged in. Everybody starts doing their beat up on each other. Bang, bang, bang. Now towards the end of the match, this is where the fun happens. Because you see everybody start playing with maneuvers. You start seeing... The Usos hit a double super kick on Randy. You see uh, Drew McIntyre hit a Claymore kick on Roman. You see Randy pop up and hit a RKO on Jimmy Uso. And towards the end of the match, you see Randy and... I want to say... Yeah, Randy and Jimmy on the outside of the ring. Randy's beating up on Jimmy. Beating him up, beating him up, beating him up. Close to the... uh, Ringside barricade, he beats him up, and then he turns his attention over to Roman, who's on the outside of the ring. Roman hits him with a Superman punch, and that drops Randy. And then you see Drew McIntyre go over to Roman, throw him into the steel steps. Drew McIntyre goes over to the announce table, clear everything on the announce table. He goes over to Randy, uh, not Randy, but Roman has him in between his legs, about to powerbomb him. But then you see Jimmy run over, hit drew behind in the back and then you see drew pays his attention to uh jimmy beat him up a little bit roman gets up he ends up Uranagi drew magatire through the announce table you see roman pick up uh jimmy and try to make sure he's okay then you see uh riddle hit a springboard floating bro onto roman and jimmy on the outside of the ring you see Jay run from the outside of the ring and hit a suicide dive onto Riddle. Grab Riddle, throw him into the ring, and now you get this trade-off between Riddle and Jay in the middle of the ring. You see Jay hit Riddle with a super kick. Riddle hit Jay with the jumping knee strike, and then you see Jay hit Riddle with another super kick, and this time it knocks Riddle down onto the mat. Jay will go to the top turnbuckle, and as Jay was getting himself... Together, as he's about to jump, you see Jay just startle and you see Riddle get up, run over to the turnbuckle, get up there, hit a super RKO on Jay. But when he does that maneuver, you see Roman kind of get on the ring apron quickly and like tag himself in. And the referee notifies this and he allows the people at home to know that Roman is technically tagged because the camera angle does that to the fans can see it at home. And Randy, not Randy, but Riddle hits the Super RKO on Jay. And Riddle gets up and he immediately gets hit with a spear by Roman. Roman pins Riddle, wins the match for the bloodline. And that's all she wrote. This six-man tag match was chaotic and exciting. And it was everything that was cracked up to be and everything that we knew it was going to be. And I'm not mad at it at all. So... Roman wins the match for his team. I thought, personally, Riddle or Randy or Drew was going to win it. I thought RK Bro and Drew McIntyre was going to win the match because this was set up Roman's whole summer. Literally, his whole summer, this was set it up for. Because right now, as we are speaking, Hell in a Cell is next. And that's on June 5th. And I don't know how we're going to start building Roman up. I don't know if he's going against Riddle or he's going against Orton inside Hell in a Cell. Or is he going to take on Nakamura so he can knock Nakamura out the way? Because then after that, we got money in the bank. So he's going to have to take on Riddle or Orton for that. And then I see at SummerSlam, he's probably taking on the other one. If he's not Riddle, then it's Orton at SummerSlam. Or Brock Lesnar, because Brock is on the poster cover. And I see them saving Drew McIntyre to go against Roman at... uh, Clash at the castle, which is in uh Cardiff, Wales, over on September the third. So Roman's technically his whole summer's technically already planned out. They just got I just want to know who is going first. I know Drew's gonna be on September 5th. I just want to know who's gonna be the hell and Cell pay-per-view matchup for him and who's going to be his money in the bank or SummerSlam opponent for him. That's what I want to know. Drew's already booked, scheduled. I have a feeling for that. I just want to know who Roman's opponents for those pay-per-views. The Hell in a Cell is on June 5th. Uh, Money in the Bank is on July the 2nd. And SummerSlam, who's on July 30th. They don't have an August pay-per-view. I think August is going to be their NXT situation for them. But I just want to know. I If I were to plan this out, I'll say Orton would get Hell in a Cell. Riddle would get Money in the bank, and if you don't want to give him money in the bank, you can give him SummerSlam. But I see you probably want to give Roman a big match feel at SummerSlam. And I don't know who left for the big match feels at SummerSlam. I don't know because he's went against John, he went against uh Brock. The Rock, I have a feeling that they're saving for WrestleMania in Hollywood in 2023. I have a feeling they're saving that one up. I just don't know who he get give Roman as SummerSlam. People might say Cody. Um, I wouldn't doubt that. But we'll just have to see how that goes. And the reason why I'm putting so much stock into this whole thing right now with Roman's bookings, because a day before this pay-per-view happened, he was at a live event show in New Jersey. and At the end of the show, he did his whole telling the fans, uh, WWE appreciates you. We, as performers, we appreciate you guys being here and spending your money to come see us and doing what we do and all this stuff, and yada, yada, yada. But Roman would drop a gem on the fans and tell them, hey, I don't know when's the next time I'm going to be here. Because Roman mentions in the statement that he's in a new phase in his life and he doesn't know if he's going to be back here again So he wants to thank everybody while he can. So this is letting people know that, hey, yo, you guys probably want to grab your tickets up as much as you can because you know that people are going to be recording this and putting this out on the internet. There's no way he doesn't know this. You're in... Come on now. Um, I'm not even going to allow nobody to play me like that. So he's building business for WWE at the same time by telling people to grab more tickets, but he's also building more stock in himself because Roman's contract is supposedly be expiring in 2023 that's what is rumored and speculated out there i'm not sure i'm just gonna let all that play out how it is but i'm going with this i'm gonna play devil's advocate here if roman is playing everybody by saying yo i don't know how long i got left here let's just go with this if he's playing people he could be doing the mark henry thing when mark henry did in 2011 no no 2013 when mark henry was on twitter he started Naming celebrities, Ayo, you need to turn on Raw tonight. And everybody was rumored and try to figure out, okay, what is Mark Henry tweeting Chuck, uh, Charles Barkley? Why is he tweeting all these celebrities? Why is he tweeting people to say, Ayo, turn on Raw tonight? And he would eventually find out he gets a segment in the ring and Mark Henry does his whole retirement speech saying hey I'm going home let me be home with my babies daddy loves you and all this type of stuff the fans are cheering all this type of stuff John Cena even comes out with the WWE championship as he was WWE champion at the time and he hugs Mark Henry Mark Henry hugs him back but Mark Henry hits a world strongest slam and he basically suckered everybody in saying I'm not going anywhere I still have gas in the tank really could be seeing Roman basically do that right now if we are that is a good thing because, again, you're still building stock. You're still building uh WWE reputation. You're still building and making more money for WWE because you are the head of the table, technically. But let's go if it's not. Let's go if Roman being completely transparent and saying, hey, yo, I don't know how long I'm going to be here because I am in a new phase of my life because Roman does have the Hollywood look don't matter what no one wants to say. You can look at Roman and you can say, okay, he can go to Hollywood. You know this off fact just by looks alone, right? And plus, his cousin was The Rock. So, come on. Um, Let's say Roman's telling the truth. Roman says, okay, hey, yo, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. So, I just want to say uh, thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you for being out here and all this stuff. Roman's being completely transparent. Roman's this time now that Roman has on television and these live events are extremely important for every wrestler back there right now, because every wrestler would want to try to get as much of the superstar rub as much as they can from Roman, because Roman is literally WWE's top priority besides probably Cody Rhodes right now. Cody's probably number two, but Roman's definitely number one, period, without a shadow of a doubt. And this reign that he's on right now, since he is the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion, he holds both championships. So that means he has to be on Raw and SmackDown. He could probably miss a Raw from time to time and go up on SmackDown and vice versa, go up on Raw from time to time and miss SmackDown. He holds the main championship for all of WWE. This run right now that he's on for being the the man-man is important. Because you got people on Raw, and SmackDown is going to be wanting to go after those t- titles. And it's extremely important if he's not going to be here, and he's going to be doing his Hollywood thing, or he's going to do some other things when his contract expires, you need to start setting up the future after Roman's gone for how long he's going to be going. You need to start setting it up. Cody Rhodes is going to be here for a couple of years. He signed a multi-year contract. He stated that, it's been reported that. So Cody's here, so you can build off with Cody. Seth Rollins is here if you want to replay it at Seth Rollins and Cody, not Cody, but uh, Seth Rollins and Roman feud if you want to do that. You can play back the Edge and Roman if you want to do that. Because Roman could easily flip over to a good guy in this whole uh, Tribal Chief thing. Especially with Edge being this whole uh, mountain of omnipotence deal being the whole higher power. You can easily flip that with Roman and Edge. Easy. Um, who else? Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre was already the number two guy in the pandemic era once Roman came back. You can easily tell that story, and you kind of are replaying that story now. You got all these guys. You got Bobby Lashley, who Roman can still be in the beef with, because technically right now the scorecard is up one and one Roman has beat Bobby once. Bobby has beaten Roman once. Scorecard is one and one I mean, you got so many different people that you can give Roman to so Roman can help them out as he is going to be leaving out of wwe if he is leaving so that's what makes this whole thing important if roman is telling the truth and he is being transparent with the fans what do we do how do we book these next months for roman again wrestlemania i think there's already pre-booked roman versus rock that's already set and i think we're going to start seeing that being built off probably around Royal Rumble time, and Royal Rumble time is always in January, so you got June, July, August, September, October, November, and December, you got legit seven months to book the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion Roman Reigns, his time as this big champion for these next seven months, because I don't see Roman versus The Rock for those big titles, I don't see that happening, because that match is not warranted for that title, That title's not needed for that match. Because you got The Rock, who's a big Hollywood star. And you got Roman, who's the biggest WWE name right now. You don't need the championship for that matchup at all. So, you got seven months with Roman to do something with those titles. A legit seven. I don't know what they're going to do. Again, I see Drew McIntyre in September. in Wales being the guy to face Roman there. That's where I see that happening there. But from September... From from now to September, I don't know what we're doing with Roman. Again, I, if I had my pick, I'll have Orton going against Roman at Hell in a Cell. Riddle will probably have money in the bank. But who is the big figure at SummerSlam? We could be building Cody up until July 30th, and J- Cody could go against uh, Roman there, and you could have Seth screw Cody to continue on that, and I mean, there you go. And then you got from August... September, September the Drew, and then after that, you got October, and then you got Survivor Series, and you got the last pay-per-view of December, or whatever they do. I mean, you got some time, and I'm hoping that WWE's looking at the rosters to see, okay, who can we pair up with Roman so Roman can help build up their credibility and their star power in WWE? As Roman's going to either A, leave out, or either B, sign another contract back with WWE if his contract is expiring, which is rumored to be expiring in 2023. But that's just my personal opinions on that whole matter. But WrestleMania Backlash, it was a great pay-per-view. I give it a solid uh, A. I wish that people would have given it more credit to uh, at the beginning. And personally... I wish WWE would have hyped it up more, but hey, WWE did what they did, the performers did what they had to do, which was extremely important, because no matter how much promotion gets put in, it's all up to the wrestlers, or sports entertainers, as WWE would like to put it, for them to execute the plan, execute the maneuver, and these sports entertainers, these professional wrestlers, did execute the plan, WrestleMania Backlash was a good uh, premium live event now with that being said i hope you guys have a great monday i hope you guys have a great start for your week i hope you guys had a great mother's day too i love everybody i love my mother and i hope everybody's uh mothers uh was loved and cherished by the people that they birthed and also the people that they looked after constantly yearly round so Uh again, happy belated Mother's Day to all these other mothers out there as well. I hope you guys did listen to my Sunday episode, which is called Check on Your Peoples. If you haven't, please check it out. It's an entertaining uh episode. I continue to talk about the Amber Heard Johnny Depp situation and also uh pay my respects to Naomi Judd and also Kevin Samuels at the beginning of the show. But with that all being said i hope you guys have a great monday i love you all please be careful if this isn't goodbye this isn't until you hear the sweet sounding voice again whether it be this upcoming uh, saturday where i do another wrestling review uh wrestling highlights of the week which i cover all the wrestling that happens this week or the sunday episodes where i talk to you about uh things that happen in the news or things that I personally just want to talk about but with that all being said i love you all i hope you guys have a great week a great start to your week Please be careful on the roads, don't be dicks, and just uh, be courteous to everybody because you don't know what somebody's dealing with. Now, with that all being said, Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired, you tired, Uh Jesus wept.